Triples Knowing. All right, man. Welcome to the Crow Triple Seven live stream. Hope you're all doing well out there. For my part, I am beat. Feels like we've been doing a show a day, which we pretty much have. We recorded with uh, the legendary Dave J uh, this morning. Uh, I'd been up since three o'clock in the morning with my little dog, so the first hour was uh, rough on me. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. Well, hello again for the second time today. Yeah, indeed. Um, little bit beat. I'll be better after a good night's sleep. Uh, did you get the email? Yes, I did. All right. I think we're picking up. You can see where I highlighted. It's the one after. Um, anyhow, we're going to go back, and as promised, we're going to keep working through the questions and thoughts that have been submitted by followers. Um, I hope everyone's doing well out there and keeping a happy, higher mind and not kind of buckling to the doom and gloom. Uh, from my point of you that's a critical thing you need to always have hope just think of Pandora's box uh, what was left in that box there's a good reason for that story to be told and uh, if we fall to the doom and gloom that's what we contribute but anyhow Jason uh, you got anything how did how'd you like catching up with Dave J after I don't even know what it's been I think he was like episode seven well he's a fun and exciting individual absolutely I does not mess about, you know, there's with Dave J, there's no messing around. He is not, unless he feels the thing is true, it's not going to come out of his mouth. Um, and he'll take the beating too, if he has to. I've seen him, <laughs> I've seen him stand up to the abuse, uh, refusing to go down the road that he figures is the wrong road. Something to be said for that mindset. All right, so let's get to see how many we can get through here. Okay. Next one is from Aldona. So, with your saying, belief is an enemy of knowing, why do you believe in God, and why everybody, including you, describe it as a guy? Why not a woman or it? Actually, it's not my intention to ever try to describe the idea of God. I think that's probably unique to each of us. Unfortunately, we have these figures of speech. Um, belief is the enemy of knowing is not a jibe at anyone's religious tradition. It's a direct assault. Uh, look what's going on in the world right now. Look what belief is causing in our world. Um, that's what it's directed at. But for my part, on my spiritual endeavors, it's not about belief or faith. It's about knowing uh, at a higher level, uh, for me anyhow. But the main point I would make is that has nothing to do, it is, has no intention to be aimed at anyone's religious endeavors or spiritual endeavors. Well, I think humans in general anthropomorphize uh, a lot of things, and I would say that includes the concept of God. But I don't generally recall either you or I making a big deal about God being a male or female or anything to the effect. I don't think our language is suitable to try to put a framework around that. I think that's a higher level of knowing, and I think I witness it and all the perfection of nature. And I don't assign a gender or, you know, I'm not doing the whole old man with a white beard in the clouds thing. Uh, these are fairy tales and legends, as is the idea that you need to believe in all these things from the men in black. Uh, for me, it's more than that. It's experiential and it's undeniable. And not only that, the accounts that go back through history about people trying to achieve within the natural sciences to a human being, uh, they all prayed to find the way, to be helped to find the way, to succeed in the endeavor. Um, and I, I accept it all day long. 
Uh, Rose says that episodes 7 and 33 were with Mr. Dave J. So there you go. But yeah, I, I think, that, well, if you're going to go from a Christian motif, I'm pretty sure the Bible does say God the Father, correct? Which uh, directly says a male, but I don't per- particularly subscribe to that. Well, I don't subscribe to that at all. Um, this is the language that came from a patriarchal-dominated Vatican. Um, and by the way, if you go to other versions and older things, uh, you'll find that the meaning changes quite rapidly from verse to verse where language has been changed or ideas. To me, it's a personal decision. To me, it's a personal relationship. And I think that's the idea. Um, each, each person is unique, right? So how does one glove fit every person? It doesn't. And that's how I view this. And again, uh, humans like to anthropomorphize just about everything and put on whatever human archetype that they personally feel like doing so to make it more comfortable for themselves. That's just a normal thing that human beings do. Next is from Matthew. Can you please explain the symbolism of the M in the Virgo and Scorpio signs? And what is the meaning of the 69 in the cancer symbol? Mm. I'll take on part of this um, because I accept it. The other things I think are open to interpretation. And I know depending on what forms of astrology people have been into, they'll have explanations. But the M symbol, uh, it's it's about the C, Mar. um, And that's directly relatable to the Virgin. And that's why all ships are Cs. There's a whole line of reasoning that you can demonstrate in the real world. By the time you get over to the Scorpio, what you've seen is the stinging tail put on the M. Um, And that whole construct um, from Virgo to Scorpio with the balances jammed in the middle, uh, it's openly admitted in some texts I've found now that that was changed. Apparently, it is claimed there used to be 10 signs in uh, an era of human life that didn't require the things that we require to have to get through, and three more signs were added. Now, you're going to read in places that are very old, a lot of this has to do with gender. However you choose to take that, the balance is in the middle, but there's a direct relationship between how we came to have the sign Virgo, the balance of Libra, and Scorpio. But from my mind, uh, I accept that the M, originally associated with Virgo, is the idea of the Latin mare, or sea, water, Mary, that kind of idea. Mary carries the M, by the way. Who is a virgin, and right? we certainly know how much the the sea and all of that sort of thing gets tied into everything, especially as part of the control mechanism. Well, when you dig into the language and the fact that places like the Vatican were playing both sides of the coin, what they said in public was not what they were doing uh, behind the doors. They were going with the more alchemical traditions, uh, but it doesn't matter. You can go look at the language. Why is every boat in Japan called Maru? There's your M. There's your Mar. There's your thirteenth letter. Um, and even the shape of it is like waves, uh, very similar to how we do the Aquarius sign. Even though people like to point out that's an air sign, the symbol is for water, isn't it? Um, it goes on and on and on. I think that part's demonstrable, and I currently know um, to as near a certainty as I can be that there's a direct relationship to how we got that section of the sky, the Virgo, the balance, and the scorpion. And by the way, there's also the lofty eagle idea attached to the scorpion. All right, next is from Harold. How would one go about to test the idea there is no lie in nature? Mm. 
I don't know, I imagine there's a thousand ways to Sunday that someone could go do that. Um, it is what it is. Look at it this way. Um, matter of fact, I think we covered this today with Dave J. And Dave J. says what I've said before. It doesn't matter if you recognize truth. It is what it is. And it doesn't require any energy from any living soul to have truth be a truth. Whether or not we recognize it or we, we do or we don't, truth is there. No energy needs to be expended. Now, a lie on the other side of that coin, that takes all kinds of human energy to maintain a lie. Um, that takes belief. It takes the, the constant propagation of the idea. Um, all kinds of things have to go into maintaining a lie. But I would suggest that nature is what it is, and you could test any aspect of it. I've had people come along and say, well, what about the scorpion fish that looks like a rock and it fools you? That, that's that's not a lie. It is what it is. And by the way, human beings are very well aware of the camouflaging ideas. Um, that fish with the, the little thing on his nose that he fools things to come in. Um, that's not really a lie. That's just camouflage, right? And human beings have a high enough mind to understand how all that works. What we're really talking about is if you want to cut it down to the nuts and bolts, from my point of view, does nature ever lie to get to an end that needs to be achieved? I would suggest to you, provably not. No lie will ever be proffered. When something happens in nature, it happens at the time it should happen. It happens without a tank of gas. It happens without the effort of a human being. Um, and that is the perfection in nature, free of lies. But I suggest you do. If you think that's not correct, go out and test it in any way you can come up with. I, I don't know how you would think it's anything but. that There can't possibly be a lie in nature because nature is the reality. I mean, that's just... It's, it's like saying, how do, you, how do you test the color blue for being blue? I mean, it, yeah, it, it's, it's almost exactly like that. It is what it is. But um, nature, from my point of view, provably so, is the only, it's the only example of righteousness, of godliness, of perfection that we have. Um, you know, you read the book of Genesis. The idea is put forth there, too. And actually, the alchemical ideas are encoded in there. All right. Next, we have Theo. Why is it we refer to Asia as the East and pretty much everything else as the West? Is it because when looked at on a 2D map or non-heliocentric maps that it's viewed as so because to fly to China, for example, from the U.S., you fly West, supposedly? You know, I thought about this a lot different times in my life, and I suspect if we had an accurate view of what this place is, that question might be answered. But you will notice in places like Japan, they have the rising sun right on their flag. Um, that's an Eastern idea, right? Um, so there must be a good reason for it. But I think you rightly point out uh, it's hard to understand why that would be uh, when we look at the kind of heliocentric models that we get where everything's spinning. I suspect if we knew the real shape of everything, that might be self-evident. Well, I thought it was because the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. So just kind of as societies came together, that was just the homogenized notion. Yeah, but think about it on a globe. Why would anywhere be east or why would anywhere be It doesn't make sense. So if someone randomly said this is east, um, doesn't make sense. I think that's the, the root of his question. I've thought about it, and I agree. It doesn't make sense. Okay, next we have from Rick. What tools do you suggest to inspire individual imaginations to take benefit of the fear broadcast waves and transmute them from what terrors might befall us to what blessings we can now reveal? Well, I think this is the right frame of mind, right? This is what I opened with. Have a higher mind. Have hope. 
have good intentions. Don't automatically assume that you're going to be a slave next Monday. Um, that, that feeds the opposite side. Um, I often try to use the allegory of two rivers. There's two rivers. One's very polluted and nasty. The other one's very pure and clean. Which river do you want to be associated with? And this is the same idea. Those positive mindsets put you into the pure water, and you'll, you'll travel in that river. Um, these negative doom, doom and gloom things, they put you in the polluted river. So I'm with you all day. What you do is you keep a positive mindset. Give a darn about living things. Give a darn about other people. Don't get fooled into, oh, those people that aren't like me on the other side of the world are animals and we need to come. Don't fall for those things. Use what you know to be right from your own observation. Have a care. Uh, do what human beings are actually supposed to be doing when they're free of news and media. Well, you can also do the sniff test. When a concept is being pushed on you, does it pass it? Does it pass the sniff test? Does it seem to smell all right or does it smell foul and i would say that everything that's going on right now is foul because everything you look into do with the current situation there's nothing but fraud everywhere you look right it's what dave J was talking about today doing a thing and that you don't want to do how often do you do a thing that you don't want to do think about it um a lot to be learned from from dissecting that idea also from Rick, what activities can we coordinate to multiply the effective resonance of our efforts to transmute from fear to joyous gratitude for the opportunity to be alive at this time and to be able to be of service, to walk our talk when it matters, i.e. literally becoming matter and mattering? Well, I like the whole tone and tenor of everything you've put down here, Rick, but I would say truly we only have control of our own minds. All we can do um, is do the best we can, do what we know to be right, and try to be an example to others. Um, if our example is good and righteous, others would likely follow that example, and that begins to multiply the efforts. Beyond that, I have no idea. That's the only way I know how to try. Well, there's some simpler things you can do. First of all, start with yourself and try to be as positive as possible. But what's stopping you from having a few friends over your house and making some coffee and having a conversation? Nothing. Just do it. No, be the example. If your example is a good example, people will usually adopt it. Well, all these ridiculous places are closing down again for no reason. You know what? You don't need them. Do it yourself. From Will, what are your thoughts on this, and do you buy into the science of it? And will you ever do an episode about the timeline of dinosaurs? Um, we did do a full episode on dinosaurs to show that they never existed. Um, we've included in, the, in these ideas the idea that nuclear weapons don't exist, the idea of a comet coming from space or some meteor, that these things are all fantasy. Um, Rose will probably throw. Is Rose with us tonight, Jason? I think she's listening. Okay, so Rose will probably be able to throw the dinosaur episode into the uh, the number of the dinosaur episode, but we've done these things. Yeah, oh, we've definitely done dinosaurs, that's for sure. We weren't the first people to do it, but uh, we definitely did a good job, I would think. Uh, next. Yeah, I, I don't know who the first people were to do it, but I know the first time I ran across it was roughly 2014, where engineers were in a chat room discussing how it would be impossible for an animal that size for guts not to spill out or his legs to break from the weight they were calculating it but that's where it started for me yeah episode 55 she said there it is episode 55 we take apart dinosaurs not a question but a speculation from book food at the start of the second hour of episode 180 Giancarlo shares his mind reading encounter ever since i've continued to wonder what if the opposite was happening 
What if his thoughts weren't just being read, but instead that a thought was being placed in his mind? His exact words were that he wrote down a phrase that popped into my head at that moment, and the paper he wrote it on was passed to the middleman, who then nodded to the other individual across the table, a sign to confirm that the thought transference was successful, perhaps? That individual then recited verbatim the phrase that Giancarlo had written. In addition to reading minds, this would be far more nefarious and a powerful means to control the world by controlling those in power. Maybe this scenario was to ensure that Giancarlo could be influenced in this matter before going any further. It reminds me of the movie Inception, where the character named Cobb compares ideas to parasites when he said, what is the most resilient parasite? Bacteria? A virus? No, an idea. Resilient, highly contagious. Once an idea has taken hold of the brain, it's almost impossible to eradicate. Hence the proof of our world right now. There it is. A contagious idea has taken over everything. Um, I suppose we could take apart uh, the Giancarlo Eyes Wide Shut episode that we did. Rose, you might want to throw that one in if you can pull it up so people know the number to the Giancarlo episode. Um, but it was very, 180s. 180? He added yeah, the question, yeah. It, it shows, uh, it shows that people have higher functions in their minds, no matter how you slice it. Did he put the idea in the mind, or did he simply understand the idea without needing to look at the paper? Um, either way you look at it, that's a higher, a higher functioning mind than we're typically prepared to accept, right? Um, I think it's speculation, but I think it demonstrates that if everything is accurate and the way that story was, was told, uh, there are some people out there that are a bit up the ladder compared to most of us. Okay, next is from John. With all of the unhelpful things going on in the world that can be attributed to the elite rulers of this place, it seems to me that there must be something or someone on the opposite end working towards the benefit of humanity. In all of the research that you have done, have you come across any people or groups who are on the same level as the elites but truly working toward helping mankind? I've heard the theories about Donald Trump and QAnon, and while those things are interesting, I guess I remain very skeptical. I know firsthand that QAnon is nonsense. And by the way, how are you going to illegally seat someone in a position and then act like that person was somehow magically going to go help people? And look at the track record set aside. But I am aware of higher-minded people. Um, they've always been a bit behind the eight ball in this age because they they're our horror-minded. They're not going to use violence. They're not going to use the tools that the other side is ready to use, and they've been under underground. Um, I would suggest that there are all kinds of different groups that have been underground and working for the benefit of humanity. And I don't think all is lost, but the main point is, is I don't think you're going to easily identify these groups because since the Vatican, at least, these places have had to hide or they get stomped out. Yeah, I... I hate to say it, but I, I've never come across any kind of good guy superhero group, to be blunt about it. I just I, – there just isn't. Well, look at look at the example that we have from, what is it, the 50s when Tibet got mowed over by China. Tibet had good political connections in the United States, and we just sat here and watched it happen at a time where China was considered insignificant compared to America. At the time, America was considered the be-all and the end-all of might in the world. And basically what happened there was there was an old-fashioned kind of spiritually designed country with the stated intent for the benefit of all living beings and wrapped in the, in the Buddhism, which was one of the last things uh, to get stomped out 
in in uh, in the world. It was left over from what had gone on in places like India and other places. Uh, point is, is look what they were doing. They were openly saying we're here to benefit all living beings, and China just said we're going to stomp you out. And our their good friends, the United States, watched them get stomped out. And I think there's your example. Um, there's there's been an infiltration of some really dark stuff into the powers. Uh, that run our world. You can tell just by turning on the evening news. It just lies. Lie after lie after lie after lie. Why you should be afraid. Why human beings can't be trusted. All these people are going to die. You're going to die. Just all these things to be afraid of. That's from a dark heart. Um, and that's what's been driving our world in this age that's coming to an end. And that's another reason I think we have real hope. I don't know how long it takes us to begin to pull up on the reins here, um, but I do know that that's coming. I, I accept that we're in an upward cycle now, um, but I think if you're a person who is truly altruistic, you got to be careful if you want to be poking your head up right now. There's some dark efforts going on in this world that anyone can look out their window and see right now. And as far as the QAnon thing, and I feel like I say this all the time, like every time I'm on the air these days, but it's freaking nonsense. Nonsense. Stop already with the Q crap. Lo logical nonsense, if <clears throat> nothing else, but I, I know firsthand. Go ahead. Next from HI. If depopulation of the world were successful, where do you think all of the human souls would go? Trapped in limbo? Reincarnated as animals? Well, that's part of the problem of living in the age we do. We've been denied these things that we should know. How come we don't know anything about death? Apparently, there were other times in history when they had all kinds of ideas about what that was about. As a matter of fact, the ideas were so big, people would live their lives with that end goal in mind as if it was just another river to cross or something like that. Um, I can't tell you. I've lived in this age just like you. I have ideas, um, but we've lived in a time where all this has been lied about. We've been given fairy tales to believe in, and we've been basically herded by the men in black and jason and i have done a lot to show who the men in black are what the vatican is basically holding your birth certificate right now turned you into an equity machine so they could be beneficiary of your life where you're not entitled to hold anything these are the people who have controlled all these ideas i suspect that human beings will come back around and begin to focus on these things and we'll be able to know more but this is another reason questions like this is another reason why i go back to the oldest things i can find Oldest books, oldest ideas. That's where I want to try to start if I can. Second question from HI. We have numerous examples of dystopian futures thanks to the usual suspects. Can you briefly describe what you envision a utopian future will look like in your opinion? Well, to take the first part of that, the dystopian futures have been brought to you by Hollywood and the circles around royalty who like to write books like 1984 and Brave New World. These are blueprints for where they'd hoped it would go all that time ago. So this is not, to me, a valid example. This is a one-sided crew with power trying to skew the world to go in a way it wants. Um, what would utopian future look like? I don't know. But I do know that if the long cycles of time are true, we're supposed to be beginning an upswing. Maybe it's the end of iron. I don't know. I don't accept the, the Aquarius-Pisces changeover. There are others who do. Um, I don't know. But I think it's quite possible we might be looking at the end of the age of iron here. If that's true, then we're on the upswing. There's going to be a silver and a gold idea behind that. And that's a bit like the tide coming in. Um, so does utopia come in? I think these are possibilities, not guarantees. So how people choose to act and what people choose to do, I think it matters. Um, I don't think we're guaranteed a utopian future. I think we earn it.
I'm going to lean on what I always do and that if we can get some sort of free electricity kind of thing going, that would start the whole ball rolling because it all comes da- back to power generation uh, being part of the control mechanism, and that's how the bad guys do it. They've got everybody under the guise of uh, oil and all that kind of thing, and if we could find a way to break free of that, we could have societies that it's it's not an enforced scarcity society, I guess we could put it that way. Think how simple the idea is, though. It's almost just the golden rule. If you treat others like you would want yourself treated, there there would be a form of utopia compared to where we are now. Yeah, and that's exactly what doesn't happen. Next is from Ben and Mick from Australia. Could you please explain the use of the sky clock as it relates to the worldwide coup d'etat, specifically in regards to the southern hemisphere, opposite seasons, where we have recently fallen past the low point of the sun? Why do all the significant events appear northern hemisphere sky clock based? That's because the people who took over the world are in the northern hemisphere, I would estimate. Yep, that's exactly Um, what I think. Go to those little tiny countries in the middle of Europe where they make maps to make them appear bigger than they are. Um, There's your answer from my point of view, but here's how it works. There has to be a factual, real foundation. That's why with all this nonsense law we have to deal with, there's actually a Bible in there. And it's not just any Bible. The idea of it is the 1611. So that King James was the one that they chose, and they said, you can't change one syllable, one tittle. Not one word of this version can be changed. This is our real foundation that recognizes that there is a highest court, that recognizes there's something above what we are trying to accomplish. We're going to build our little nonsense on top of that foundation. Well, there's your sky clock, right? If you're going to do something in this world and you're going to recognize the truth, you're going to recognize that when the sky clock says it's summer, we're all going through some heat. That's a fact. If you're going to be honest about what the sky clock does, it's everything. When the apples are going to come, so we can have apples, when the wine's going to come, when the cattle are going to have their babies when the great barrier reefs going to that's all the sky clock that is foundationally undeniable about our world so when you tie your little events to a thing that you understand better than everyone in the world not only that you've separated them from it so they don't even think it's important so they don't even appreciate the fact that the reason we're having summer the reason we're having anything is because of that magical thing in the sky which never fails it will be exactly where it needs to be, exactly when it needs to be, which is where we get words that used to be very biblical, verily, verily, or very is a derivative. Verily, verily, mate, you can bet your bottom dollar, you can bet your life on this. Verily, verily, the sun will come up tomorrow at the precise second that it needs to come up, and that will happen every day hence, until the end of time. These ideas... And so the sky clock, as we talked about with great length with Dave J today, as I have pointed out, we're 19 years past 2011 um, or 2001, 9-11, when all this nonsense went off the rails and we're 19 years past that. But that 19 years is a metonic cycle, which is time to the moon. There's a solar cycle of 11 years, a little bit less. But did you know that this metonic cycle that brought us 9-11 last time will end on November 11 this year? Um, What does that mean? What event will start the next cycle? Well, hold on to September. I suspect we'll see. Um, Dave J makes a prediction, actually, of sorts. Doesn't he, Jason? Yeah. Yeah, he does. (laughs) Be an interesting episode to uh, see how folks like it. Next is from Judy. Do you have an opinion 
on the work of Dr. George W. Carey. One of his books is available to read online, God, Man, the World, the Word Made Flesh. I have ordered some of his other books that include information on health and healing, but haven't received them yet. Um, I think I've heard of this, but I, I've got to be honest here. I've never read it, and not having read it, what can I possibly add of value? Um, I, I need to, I need to have the experience, and unfortunately, I've not read this book. You, Jason? Unfortunately, no. Uh, it's it's not something I'm familiar with, and I know people don't like it when we don't have a, a good answer for something. But unfortunately, I just we just haven't read these books. I can't make something up. Um, I've read a lot of books, and I do believe I've heard of God, man, um, the word made flesh. Yeah, it rings a bell with me. Yeah, but I've never read it, so I can't comment. Next is from James. Where does the ideal or proof of the elites come from? I'm having a hard time believing there are people at the top telling politicians, governing bodies, what to do. Okay, well, we're going to need three more live streams. <laughs> well... I guess this goes one of two ways that you think the systems, the man-made systems in our world um, are just that, or you think it's so-called coincidence. Now, from my point of view, I logically had to deal with this. I don't believe in chance. I don't believe in coincidence. And the reason I don't believe in it is because everything that happens had a cause. So how can that possibly be coincidence? It could happen at an interesting time. I suppose we could begin to try to act like that's a coincidence. But the fact is something happened in the world to make the next thing come to be. And so that's not chance or coincidence at all. It's action based on action, you know, outcome after outcome. What we can tell you is we know certainly that places like Rome took over a lot of the world. We can show, based on recent episodes, from my point of view, Rome was then taken over by the very people who founded the Vatican, by the very people who brought us banking as we currently recognize it, by the very people who own your birth certificate and are making cash on the very fact that you were born. Um, does that sound like there's no person in charge or does that sound like something else? Again, it's a decision you're going to have to make. But if we can demonstrate that every birth certificate in the world is being held by one place, turning you into chattel and equity, uh, what does that point to? I would ask. Well, there's ways you can do this uh, to even prove it to yourself very easily. Just start walking up the ladders of command. There are people who are major politicians. Uh, you could even take Hillary Clinton, for example, who will say things like, I get my directions from the Club of Rome. Well, what's the Club of Rome? Who's part of the Club of Rome? What about the Trilateral Commission? People like Henry Kissinger, for example. You can, you can see who's giving the orders, and they, they talk about this stuff. It's in their writings. Now, when you're talking about the highest of the highest, these are people, you're correct, that you'll not know the names of, you'll never have heard of them, and anything like that. But it's obvious that there is a top-down directive to all these crazy things going on. How do you shut down the nearly the entire world over a make-believe situation like is going on now? If, well, Ooh, let, let me tell. I'll tell you how. Um, and here's what I should answer with first. Go look up how many corporations own everything. Go ahead. Do it. On, on the high end of that idea, it might be five corporations. I'm closer to two that are working on merging to one. Um, because they want a one-world government. That's the old Taco Bell is the only corporation standing joke. Um, there can only be one. And so if you go look at who owns all media, all movie making, all music, 
all television, you're going to get down to a couple of corporations. But what you're going to find is in those corporations, the board of directors is really where the story is being told because they're all in the Club of Rome, the Trilateral Commission, um, the the CRF or the CFR or whatever it is. Um, and by the way, if I, if I asked you in the history of America, what is one of the biggest weenie presidents portrayed in the, in the media as one of the biggest weenies? That'd have to be Jimmy Carter, wouldn't it? I mean, that dude didn't do anything right, if you want to listen to me. You know what he was doing? He was stacking the government for the first time with trilateral commission members, heavily, more heavily than it had ever been done. And from Carter forward, every president continued on until it was pretty much owned and operated by this or other groups like it. So there's your evidence that people were doing this. I'm not sure if the question is asking if there's some elusive magic beast or something controlling all this. I'm not going down that road because I'm a realist. But I will add there's another component that, again, we talk with Dave J about, and that's the AI, um, which is policing things like everything online right now. Matter of fact, this podcast, which is live, is being policed by AI right now. Well, there you go. We could go on and on and on. But uh, how about the Bilderberg meetings? There's another one. The, There's the, another one. These things really happen. How about the um, what's the one where they all run around naked in the woods? The uh, Bohemian Club, and it, on, on record that these people get right. together every year. So what about the hell, Hellfire? There's the founding fathers. There like you go. Franklin, you, you, you go back a hundred years, and things were going on. So these people get together and do their associated. things. Yeah. Yeah, and this is dark side stuff. There's a university associated with the Hellfire Club, um, and it's in a cave, and it was our founding fathers, and it was all about sex magic. Um, it's not hard to see. Uh, the real, you know, one of the real questions for me is, is it possible? This is what I used to struggle with. I used to look at ideas like Tibet and say, well, if you're going to be there for the benefit of all beings, that means you're not going to pick up a rifle and shoot anybody because your stated mission is the opposite of that. So how the hell do you ever survive when someone comes and points a rifle at you? And that was a problem for me for a long time. Um, but I think we're going to see the answer to that. Maybe not in my lifetime, maybe in my lifetime. What you're going to find is that when you walk into the darkest cave known to man, no matter how big it is, and you light a candle in there, darkness flees to every recess as far as that light can reach. And the only way to stop it is for a wind to blow and permanently keep the light out. And if you have a lot of lights, then you see what I'm getting at here. Um, you light one single light and darkness flees. And that's all you need to know from my point of view. All right. This last one looks like it's kind of got its several concepts put together as one thing. So let's do the first line first. Yeah. What are your thoughts on how these evil beings believe that they are shirking responsibility for their heinous acts? You know, this is just another thing we talked with. Um, the people doing these things think they're doing the right thing. Uh, their minds have been bought in to a fallen system. Um, how often, you know, what's that old joke, the old, you know, the superheroes things, you know, why does the arch villain always think he's saving the world when he's the arch villain? <laughs> um, I, th I think it's a little bit like that, right? Because if you knew you were doing, doing heinous acts, I'm guessing there would be a number of people who would be thinking, Hey man, am I going to pay for all these heinous acts? And by the way, look at all the things we can look at where they have all these little loopholes to somehow satisfy karmic ideas. Why do you think everything is an offer? I'll tell you why everything's an offer, because you have to accept it, and that relieves the karmic responsibility. If someone makes an offer and you accept it, even if it's trickery that gets you to accept it, you've accepted. So I think there's the answer to the question. Well, they've definitely got that karma thing, and 
they are always doing some ritual or another to try and redirect energy. Because as we've talked about so many times, this is all about intent and energy, what you put out into the universe. And they're trying to manipulate the universe to their will uh, through mass consciousness, I guess you could say. How much energy or prana, as James True would call it, uh, can you push in a certain direction for a certain concept to manifest? And that's what they're doing. Everything is about manifesting, and that's what all these symbols are used for, the numbers are used for, all this stuff. It all comes down to intent and how to manifest what it is that you want. So let me ask a simple question here. What about all the loopholing we see? So used to be when I was young, supposedly there were laws um, that made it illegal for the news to flat out lie. Well, those laws have been changed. There is no breaking of any law currently because they've changed them. The news can make up anything it wants without breaking a law. So I would ask you, if the news comes out and reports a thing that's made up completely and it has a huge effect on lots of lives and the only reason they could do it is because someone made a law, does that relieve you of karma? For me, not a chance in hell. You can make up every law in the world you want. If it doesn't have truth or positive intent on its side, it's not the pa- worth the paper it's written on. But we see these loopholes. It's almost like they're drinking their own Kool-Aid at this point. You might as well just make a law that says it's illegal to lie about shootings. Okay? You can, this is legal now. You can make up the death of as many people as you want now. No problem. It's all legal. Does that make it karma-free? From my point of view, not a chance in hell. No way. No, I don't think so either. But, you know, it does manifest in them in certain ways. I mean, how many of these dark people, does it look like the, that darkness is eating them from the inside out? I mean, it's kind of obvious, don't you think? A lot you of ever times? seen pictures of the Rothschilds? They look like freaking demons. You ever seen pictures of those men? They oh, yeah. do not look like your average old man. They look kind of, I don't know. Like how what they act. are. They, they look demonic. Yeah. Yeah. They look like they'll suck the damn blood out of your infant. Uh, the Queen kind of has that look. Uh, Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, they both look like the dark side is eating them from the inside out. I mean, they just don't look right. And it's not just because they're old. You know, they're, they're old, but they're not that old. I and, don't envy them. I would not trade what they've got for power. Um, I would run. I, I'll take my, at the poorest I've ever been, I would take that life over theirs. And look at people like Obama. Have you seen a picture of Obama lately? Uh, hard to know how much of it's stagecraft, but that dude looks like someone hit him with the ugly stick and the age 50 years wand. Mm-hmm. Um, how does it weigh on you to to be involved? I don't know how. I don't know. I, I couldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Um, no way. No how could I do that. Well, th- this, this just tells you if those ser- sorts of things are happening to these people, what do you have to agree to or perhaps eventually come to enjoy doing to be in those positions in the first place. It's don't it's know, horrible. don't want to know. Not interested in the least. All right, let's continue with the rest of this. Their minions are the ones actually implementing all the governor orders, false news reports, false flags, etc. But they are still the masterminds. How do they believe they will not have to be held accountable in this life or the next? Well, again, this comes down to a lot of the other things. You know, I think they are accountable. I I'd bet money that that they're accountable in the long scheme of things. I mean, I'm a pretty firm believer that there is a a next life, more to this life. I think that's it's kind of a, a, unarguable. The way it works, maybe you can argue about, but just like I just said before, like how these people look like the darkness is eating them from the inside out. Well, something's doing that. 
don't they include these ideas like in tons of movies the old cheesy westerns where the gunfighter shot down a bunch of people and he's finally facing off the other biggest gunfighter in the world and they look each other in the eye and say okay we'll see each other in hell and then they start <laughs> shooting you know there's there's the idea we know we've been doing bad it's too late we can't you know it's like the omar Khayyam saying you know the moving the the that the the writing hand the moving hand writes quickly then moves away and not a prayer or a tear can remove half a line of what has just been written. I don't remember the exact quote, but it's the same idea. Once you've done enough bad things, you must come to realize nothing can erase that ledger. Those things were done. I still don't agree with what they're doing. Um, but again, listen to the Dave J episode. It'll be 241 uh, where he lays down what a fallen mind has bought into and how a fallen mind thinks it's actually doing the right thing. And I would suggest, what about right now when you walk into a restaurant and that worker in that restaurant says, where's your mask? Does that person think they're doing the right thing? Well, of course they do. What about all the people enforcing these ideas? Well, unfortunately, people who can actually think understand this is all nonsense. Um, so there's an example on the other side at a much lesser level, how easily it is to convince people to do things. They are straight up killing people and they can try to say we gave consent, but they instilled false security to obtain that consent. Well, again, that's, that's very true. And they do get people to do things that they might not otherwise do. A, a good and very sad example is the military. How many 18-year-old boys sign up for the military not knowing that they're going to go be shipped over to the Middle East to guard poppy fields to keep the drug supplies running, just as an example? Well, I would point out you don't see any old, old generals down there holding rifles, M16s, and shooting at people, right? Because uh, old men are beyond that. That's why it's always done by the youngest Right. And of, of course, when they see too much or they see the wrong thing, it sadly does break them. I've, I've met too many uh, veterans that uh, even younger guys, 20s and 30s, that they, they'll never get over it. And that's that is very sad. So, yeah, they they did something that the bad guys pushed them to do and, and they did it naively. And it is what it is, you know. On another note, I've been hearing rumblings now from many different people that they know a friend of a friend or friend's uncle or such that passed away from the beer bug. I also have a nurse friend in the OC who says that their ICU has been overrun. I'm starting to think we may start to see actual deaths that they will inevitably blame on the beer bug. Do you guys think the mask wearing, fear, stress, brainwashing, and poor diets have started to have an effect already, and we should expect to see actual deaths coming down the pipeline. Then it's going to be very difficult for the masses to wake up. Most of what goes on in the world, like we had people, even engineers, calculating the death rate, uh, which I believe this year was less than last year, for one thing, to make a point. If you're going to close the world, wouldn't you expect bodies to be stacking up to the ceiling? And you open this by saying, I know the friend of a friend of a dog of a, you know, a brother of a sister who, you know, that's, the, come on, that should answer your question right there. Everyone you know should know someone who can say this to see what's going on at this level. Um, but at the end of the day, we've been rooked into thinking about death in a funny way here. And the numbers that are being proffered are completely debunkable. Uh, not only is the death rate less this year than it was last or on a par with at the very least, uh, what we can say is we've had people come contact us and say, I was contacted 
and offered $9,000 if I would submit to having my mom or dad's death labeled as the beer bug. Uh, we know certainly that they were people being admitted 39 or 30 some thousand dollars for an admission form to get that word put on it, 60 some thousand dollars for a death cert in a hospital to get that word on it. So how in the world can anyone ever accept the numbers when that kind of thing is going on? It's pretty clear what's going on, but that's not really the main point. The main point is for the extreme actions we have seen, everyone should know numbers of people directly beyond doubt. And that's not what's happened here. It's all been based on fear and the contagion of fear. Well, if I understand correctly, the amount of people af affected now are far behind other flus. And you know what? There probably is a flu. I have no problem saying that. But who cares if there's a flu? I mean, that's what it comes down to. It, it, it completely does not matter that there's a flu. You cannot and should not shut down virtually everything except the big box stores, of course, uh, over a flu. I mean, people are going to die. This is normal. People die. People get sick. It's, it's, it is what it is, and it's fine. This is part of the natural cycle of life. I, I, I don't know what exactly people are thinking, being convinced that this is a good, good idea and a good plan. I, I, don't, I don't get it. We'll see. Um, there are a lot of things that are going on in the world, and there are decent people. Imagine, Think about this. So think about if you were a four-star general with a lot of power, in a military structure somewhere, what are the odds that you would have children and likely grandchildren, possibly even great-grandchildren? As a general, would you be thinking, well, I'm a general, so I can protect all my family and it'll be fine? Or would you be thinking, um, when I'm gone, I want those people in my direct lineage to have a decent life? And what I see and have been watching go on in this world is not that. It's the opposite of that. And even though we can point to any number of governors who, I, it baffles me. If the federal courts ever come back up to speed, there is absolutely no defending what governors have done. They have no authority to make a dictate to American people. They can direct their staff. That is as far as their dictates can travel. It's the same thing is true of the presidents. Jason and I covered it with the give me back your gold nonsense. Um, when the president decided he was going to instruct everyone they couldn't have gold. That was a legal order from the president. And it's been recognized as such through I don't even know how many court cases. My point is, it does make you wonder, do they know that the court system's never coming back? Or do they know that the courts will be so backed up, but by the time their case gets there, they'll all be dead? I don't know. But it is a bit baffling, to say the least. Yeah, it really is. Uh, that was the last question, by the way, so we have a few minutes left if anybody wants to throw anything else our way, or we can ramble in your general direction, if you like. But yeah, this whole situation, I mean, they didn't even wait till fall. I think, you know, I think that people fell for it so much they realized they could just plunge on forward. We, we know these numbers are fabricated, that people who aren't even taking tests are being labeled as positive. All, like, all this crap. We, we know these Pop things. Pop-off <laughs> Yeah, or, or stuff like that, right? Or what was it, a goat and something else? Whatever. It, it, it's all, it's nonsense. It's it's just it's sheer nonsense and people are going for it. Like do you do you are you really that afraid of getting the flu? Like I don't even understand this in the first place. You're afraid of getting the flu. Since when are you this afraid of catching something that you've probably had a zillion times in your life already? 
I don't get it. It's, I don't get it. Yeah, the, the, the fear level. But there, there's another thing going on right now. Since this started, which I mark as 311 for the United States, um, and I'll remember that date. I did a blog, so it would be stamped. It's actually stamped on the 12th because I stayed up after midnight. Um, but it was 311. I've watched the TV listings because I knew the TV listings would reflect. And what we see in the TV listings, all the movies, all the HBO, it's negative, downer, um, be afraid, someone's dying, war movies, all these kinds of nothing much happy going on. But the other day, as a matter of fact, it was today as I was scanning through the listings, I saw they're bringing back the Moon Manson Woodstock, only the Manson part. <laughs> and you know what's in the title? An American myth. Manson, an American <laughs> myth. Do you remember Mr. Tarantino's big movie, uh, something Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Mm -hmm. And so they're doing the whole Manson thing. But they rewrite. They rewrite how the Manson thing went down. And I would suggest to you that that is your first sign that the barn wall is about to get rewritten. They're going to act like nothing happened here. Uh, we can make a movie. We're not insulting anyone who actually died by making up some crap in a Tarantino movie. And now we're going to run a multi-part series on some cable channel called Manson, the American myth. There it is. Uh, what's up is down right now. But you see what's gone on. How long ago was it when I covered Moon Manson Woodstock, Jason? It was a long time. It was before you were even with me. Um, is it because of things like that that they're going at it? How long will they before they're rewriting the moon landing and finally confessing? How long before Woodstock, for that matter, do they admit that they fudged the whole tale in, in the favor that they wanted it? But um, it hasn't aired yet, but I am suggesting that that's exactly what's going on with Manson. And I was alive, and it was a big damn deal. Just like Sandy Hook or something else was a big damn deal in my lifetime. You remember these things because of the palpable fear in the air when they occurred. And since this was the 60s, um, it was new. This kind of thing didn't go on. And I remember the summer was so damn hot. And there was all this kind of racial upheaval and other things being perpetrated by the news. I remember how big a deal it is. So how much nuggets does it take now to come out with Manson and then label it an American myth? Really? right after Tarantino won Academy Awards for basically taking the story where we're told all these famous people were murdered and these non-famous people, and we're just going to have fun with the story now, and all the Manson people get killed. and It's beyond the pale, Jason, what's going on in our world. There is no accountability at the current moment. Right, and, uh, and I keep saying I see parallels being drawn to the whole 60s thing, that they're repeating that. Well... <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Um, but anyway, uh, Belicious has a question. You, uh, <clears throat> I would like to, you to elaborate a little bit on the birth certificates. Aren't there steps to get out of this like the sovereign citizens? Not that I know of, and we've been going at this. There are people that make all kinds of claims. As far as I can tell, hold on just a second. Let me put this in. Someone's asking where they can find Dave J. There it is. Um, this is what I've gleaned, and Tom was among the better people that we've talked to. We've had a number that communicated very well and made it understandable at a level that mattered. But what we know is true is that we all create equity. What we all know is true is that somehow we're not the beneficiaries of the equity we create. There are people who claim you can get at that equity, but <clears throat> as far as I currently understand, and I just did a follow-up with Tom, it's not like you can just go cash a check. 
but apparently there is supposed to be some way that equity can be accessed to discharge certain kinds of debt, which I think have to be attached to the fictitious name on the birth certificate. But we're actually getting a referral now to someone who understands what Tom understands about Australia. We're looking for someone who's going to be able to explain how it works here. Um, as far as I know, that's all there is. You can discharge debt and people who are acting like you can go become a millionaire. I don't, I don't think there's any truth to that right now. Yeah, I don't know about that. Now, what they, what the main claims are, it's not that you can just go writing checks off of these accounts that supposedly exist that are attached to your birth certificate and social security card. And I did run them on um, Fidelity Bank, I think I used a couple years ago. I, one of the online banking ones I tried it. And I ran to the just, numbers to for mine. To discharge debt, you did it? No, no. Uh, I ran the numbers and it worked. Uh -oh. However, what I did attempt to do was pay a bill with some of these numbers and I did it with AT&T and it worked. And I know another person who did it and they also accepted it. However, a week late, now mine I just called back an hour and canceled it because I wanted to see if the numbers would be accepted and I didn't want to get a whole bunch of paperwork trails going on. My friend who did it, she thought it worked and it took a week for them to catch up and said that it ended up being canceled on the other end by the bank. But those numbers apparently are legit and get accepted on places that you could put in personal check numbers and things like that, which I thought was very interesting. It tells me that there's something to this, just trying these things on our own. But there, the concept here is not so much that you would have a checkbook that you could write against the accounts. What you're doing is you're disc, disc, uh, discharging the fictitious debts that already exist. For instance, credit cards. Do you know how credit cards work? Credit cards are not money they've loaned you. It's money that is created. It's a line of credit. It is a, it is a fictitious number that is created by you agreeing to these e exaggerated percentage points to pay back by the stroke of your signature. The living man is saying, yes, I agree to these terms. You can create this amount in my name that I am agreeing. I must pay back plus this interest to these terms that you've given me in this big thick booklet. Those are debts. That's not money. That's not tangible assets. There's nothing, nothing with any of this has to do with tangible assets. And that's the really important difference people have to understand. There's a big, big, big difference between this fractional reserve banking nonsense where you're just signing things into existence versus an actual tangible asset such as gold or silver. Which brings me to the next point. Someone was asking in the chat room about what a young person could do with their money to uh, try and stave off what might be coming in the fall. And I will never tell you what to do with your money. But if you want something to lean on, just in case, silver is the easiest thing to have. Right now, um, people that I know that have always traded and predicted accurately that the fiat currency system couldn't go on anymore, and they were actually predicted the time frame. They said within the next three years, it was about the middle of that, that three-year period, they said that no more trickery, no more debt could be accrued to fix the fiat currency system. That's their claim. They do everything with metals. Right now, it's pretty common knowledge by people who pay attention that silver is the big deal. Um, a lot of people are claiming and I'm putting the word claim there very lightly because I am not a financial wizard. I have never really cared too much about money in my life. I try not to care about money in my life. The claim is, is that we're going to go to some kind of a gold-backed currency 
and probably some form of crypto will be involved in that. The other side of it is is that silver is currently the choice of all the people who trade in precious metals. Um, I don't know what's true. I don't know how we know that until we get there. But I think what I do accept is the safest thing you could possibly do right now is obtain silver. Unfortunately, in the last week, I think spot for silver has gone up above $22. Um, it was only, I don't know, a month or two ago maybe a little bit longer, it was 12-something spot, and the premiums are huge because no one will sell you anything they can't replace, so there's your artificial premiums. In some cases, I'm hearing that the premium is, people in the know won't even buy because of the premium. So you need to know what you're doing, you need to do your homework, and you need to buy from a reputable place, by the way. Um, these things are important, but silver is the big, big thing right now. Well, we're just about there. We've got a minute or so left. Anything you want to wrap this up with? Yeah, man. Don't don't buy into all the gloom and doom and break the chain by treating the person next to you with respect. And if you see someone suffering and you can help them, damn well stop what you're doing and help them out. And I'll tell you another thing. Once you do that a time or two, there's no better feeling in the world than helping someone and knowing you help. So it's its own reward. It literally is its own reward. Have a care for nature. Have a care for these things. And don't be too concerned with what's happening in our world. You know, don't get into these protests and these other fake kind of staged things that are meant to burn your mind cycles. Take it away from this moment. Because in this moment, your consciousness should be raising. It's, we've seen it since sometime around the millennium. So many people with so many more abilities. Look at the children that are roughly right around 20 years old now. Look at the abilities in these children. Some of the things they can do, their parents never could have done. In three lifetimes, you can see the consciousness rising. So at the end of the day, lift up. Help everybody. Don't be a part of the pessimism. There's no call for it. If we get to a point where we find ourselves wearing shackles that it's no longer possible to take them off, that's a whole other situation. Um, but we're not there. And by the way, I expect all day long that there are plenty of decent human beings in powerful positions that do not, not want some dark dystopian future for their children and their grandchildren. And anyone with half a brain knows when they die, their ability to protect a family line goes with them. But what would you add before we wrap up, Jason? Yeah. Keep the higher mindedness. This is what I've been saying for months now. You got to keep the higher mindedness going. The um, the silver thing, by the way, uh, there are ways to get it. Just be really, really careful. You, you could buy things on eBay. You can go to coin collectors. You could do it local. Uh, you could even try pawn shops and things like that if you want to get some silver. But uh, if you want to really be safe just for the hell of it, get three months of uh, storable foods for each person in your house. It can't hurt. Get a water filter. Just even the ones like I use, the inexpensive gravity filters, uh, Berkey. ProPure and AlexaPure are the three I know of off the top of my head. I'm sure there's others. Make sure it can get out the fluoride. These are all simple things you can do to make sure that you've got basic things and needs on hand in case something really bad does happen. Yeah, if you do the silver thing, make sure you know what you're doing. And even the, the government in the state of Rhode Island ripped off people right before all this happened, that, which tells you another thing about silver. They did this massive silver dump. Um, right before all this happened, the state of Rhode Island ran in the newspaper. If your zip code's here, you can buy this much silver. But here's the rub. I was watching silver at the time, and they were selling a half ounce 
for more money than an ounce of silver was selling at the time. And not just any ounce of silver, like a silver eagle. And you need to understand, a silver eagle, there are things that you can do with a silver eagle that you can't do with silver bullion. That's why they call gold sovereigns sovereigns. There is a reason. There's something special about eagles and sovereigns. And you need to know these things. And you need to understand what the spot value is. And you need to understand what the premiums are. And if you go to places like eBay, you're not going to find that. If I, if I was anyone out there who's thinking of this series, you need to go to a dealer. Um, as a matter of fact, if your people are serious, I can refer you to dealers that I know are reputable um, because so many people get ripped off. And I watched the state of Rhode Island just fleece people, charging them over what an ounce was worth and handing them a half ounce and huh. acting like it was some big silver stash. And this was part of the beginning manipulation of the price. By the way, there's another thing people should know. Metals like silver are used heavily in technology and it's I don't know whether it happens this week, next week, or 10 years from now, there will come a time when the value for the tech uses of certain metals alone makes them highly, highly valuable. But there's another thing called reporting in our current system. Certain kinds of silver, you don't have to report by law. Other kinds, you do. This is the whole story behind a gold sovereign, by the way. Anyhow, Jason, last shot. Yeah, uh, silver is used in a lot of things. That's why it has value, especially in technology things. And I don't think technology is going away anytime soon. So definitely keep that in mind. And I uh, thought there was something else I wanted to drop in, but maybe you hit on it already. Anyway, all right, that'll do it for us. Uh, next up is Tom number two, right? That's the next show this week. Yeah, we're doing Tom Barnett again. Uh, he came back to talk about a little more esoteric ideas. Um but he's a good communicator and he's got a good heart. And anytime I meet a good communicator with a provably solid heart, I'm all about having a relationship and having that kind of person communicate with the audience that we attract. Um, these are important ideas. But um, the one after that is going to be covering bees of all things. That's going to be a hell of an episode too. But there it is. Um, where are we? Episode 26 on the Crow Triple Seven live stream. Thank you all. I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, higher-minded year ahead and treat each other with respect and help one another out. Break the, break the dismal chain if you can. There it is, man. Cheers.